There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Things work out so much better when people hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. Are you gonna comply? That said, our first story of the day is by Zephyrman300. Project manager doesn't want to see the client. Project manager has to see the client anyway. Long ago, I had this project manager, Richard for obvious reasons, who was quite a character. The project we were working on was, to be very honest, a crap show. Tiny mom and pop company hired to take on a massive project with a big multinational engineering slash construction firm. We had a huge team of three engineers and a rotating cast of project managers who typically didn't last more than a few months before either their contracts were renewed, Big Boss decided they were too expensive, or they simply weren't up to the task. Anyway, we were expected to produce copious amounts of paperwork, from project schedules, engineering manuals, engineering data sheets, drawings, schematics, etc. The team was awesome. We got along well, we worked hard. However, there really was only so much we could do, and we were inexperienced dealing with huge projects, or the standards that multinational megacorps typically enforce with their paperwork. So that led to a lot of documents being returned with lots of comments, lots of recycle time, lots of frustration on both the clients and our side, and a lot of nasty language. Still, my colleagues and I learned a lot during this time all three of us fresh from university. And to give due credit to the client, once we'd gotten to know some of their team and shared our situation with them, a few of their engineers were kind enough to spend many hours literally tutoring us on various things. I spent a whole week, 9 to 5, every day with one guy in particular who taught me how to draw P and ID diagrams professionally. One particular day, we got a call from the client asking the team to go attend a mediation-slash-expediting session. Basically, go listen to the client cuss you out. We had this pretty often, like once or twice a month. So Richard decided he simply didn't want to go to this particular meeting. He said, I'm not going. If you want to go, go on your own. I called the client to decline the meeting, only to get cussed out and told in no uncertain terms to attend the meeting mentioned me and Richard by name, or else there'd be heck to pay. Big Boss sighs and says, just go. I consult Richard again, asking him what to tell the client. He said, I quote, I don't care, tell them whatever you want. Then kicks his feet up on the table, pulls out a newspaper and starts reading it. Dumbfounded, I left his room and went back to my desk seething. Next morning, I turn up to the client's office alone, get ushered into a big meeting room, and sat down in front of eight people, four of whom I knew as the regulars we dealt with, and the rest were introduced to me as senior GMs and a manager from the end user company. Boy oh boy, me, a lowly lowest of the low peon, versus four mid-level bosses and four endgame bosses at the same time. Granted, they were professional when giving me a good earful about our company's abysmal performance, 
And then they ask the golden question, why are you here alone? Where's your project manager to address these concerns? Cue malicious compliance. My project manager declined to attend the meeting. They ask why. Richard said he doesn't care and for me to tell you anything I like. The meeting ended shortly after that. But wait, there's more. The four regulars then dragged me into another meeting room, giving me a god-awful verbal lashing and cussing me out for another hour. Then, one out of the four, an expediter named Joe, who had stayed silent throughout the second meeting, dragged me off to another meeting room where I got cussed out again for another half hour over why do you let client project team, the other three guys, verbally abuse you during almost every meeting like this? You should walk out or decline to attend when it gets abusive. Saying this whilst cussing me out, crawling back to my own office, I retold the events to my big boss. Richard had taken the rest of the day off. He just sighed and told me to go back to work. That same afternoon, a nasty Graham came in requesting for another meeting the next morning, this time with a demand for my project manager's mandatory attendance. I forwarded it to my big boss, who then called Richard and voluntold him to attend. Richard then called me and angrily insisted I attend with him, then hung up before I could answer. Okay, fine then. Cue second dose of malicious compliance. The next morning, I called in sick, texted Richard, and stayed home. Shortly after the meeting started, Joe calls me to ask why I wasn't present, to which I replied, You told me yesterday to walk out or decline if things get abusive. I thought today's meeting likely wouldn't be very amiable, so per your advice, I've declined to attend. Joe simply laughed and said, Fair enough. Richard got cussed out by the client for well over two hours that morning. Two glorious hours, during which I lay in bed. Two weeks later, Richard got replaced by a new project manager, who was much better, and lasted till the end of the project. When faced with situations like these where you're kind of the lowly guy getting pulled around, maybe kind of abusively yelled at by these customers or project managers or anything, Are you the kind of person that goes with the flow and allows people to kind of, whether you hate to admit it or not, kind of walk over you a little bit? Or in a situation like this, would you be a bit more confrontational or not be too afraid to talk back? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Fats Cat Too Fat. I should have read the lease? Well, you should have read the law. Reading Suki Suki 5 Buki's epic example of malicious compliance ending their employment contract, I was reminded how I got out of an apartment lease several years ago. It was coming up on renewal time, and my landlord had just sent renewal paperwork with a big rent increase. Knowing I could find a cheaper place nearby, I sent in my written notice to vacate, which was required 60 days before my move-out date. The landlord rejected my notice and told me that if I had read the lease, I would know that notice to vacate was required 60 days before the first day of the month that I wanted to move out, not 60 days before the move out day itself. As a result, they were going to force me to submit a new notice the following month and pay an extra month's rent at the new higher rate. I was offended by their attitude, but accepted that they had won, at least until I checked out the lease against local rental law. While they were right about the required date of my notice to vacate, they had failed to send me notice of rent increase on time because I was supposed to have a minimum of two weeks after receiving their notice of rent increase to put in my notice to leave at the end of my original lease term. 
I wrote back to them with a screenshot of the relevant city law and said, while you're correct about the due date of my notice to vacate, you also failed to send me timely notice of rent increase. You can't require me to send you notice to vacate at the end of my lease term before knowing how much you'll be raising rent. So how do you plan to remedy your breach of the lease? After what must have been a tense call with their lawyer, my landlord agreed to accept my original notice and let me move out on the day I planned. Since I'd already paid my last month's rent, they never got another cent from me. You gotta love that the landlord comes off all high and mighty touting this regulation and that law and this lease agreement, while they themselves very blatantly violating it to try and get extra money out of you and extort you, more or less. The thing to note is when you're faced in a situation like this, take the time to read that contract and look up the laws relating to whatever it is. You might just find something that totally saves your hiney. Our next story is by Responsible Lad 2361 Markdown for not using a program that's glitched and unusable? Okay, enjoy my solution. I worked at an awful insurance company years ago and can honestly say it was the worst experience of my life. I have a couple of stories of doing what I could to get back at management though. I worked in service and we were supposed to use a program that automatically estimated how many miles a person drove per year. The catch, though, is this program was always glitched and was always down, so you couldn't use it. One day, I had a call that was being monitored by a supervisor and I needed to estimate mileage. Of course, the program itself was down and unusable, so I put in an estimate for the numbers that were typical of the area. I got graded an F for the call, or whatever the metrics were. It's been a while so I don't remember the exact details. I had my direct supervisor talk to me about the call with the whole what can we do to avoid this in the future lecture? I told them the score was BS and needed to be changed immediately since the app was down and completely unusable. He said there wasn't anything he could do and that the F would stand. Whatever, no big deal. I knew it was typical company BS so I forgot about it and moved on. Until my former supervisor called to ring me out. This monster had recently been transferred out of state and was no longer my boss, but for some reason took it upon herself to call me anyways and explode on me about how it was unacceptable to not be using the mileage estimation program and how I wouldn't be working there much longer if I didn't shape up. At this point, I had had enough of the company and didn't care anymore. I explained how the app was literally down and not a single person could use it and how the score on my call was BS and needed to be changed immediately. She didn't care for silly things like common sense and demanded that I send her an action plan detailing how I would ensure this would never happen again. Cue malicious compliance. I knew I had received an F on the call because the program I was supposed to use was glitched, down, and unusable. Only management could fix that. So my action plan was very simple. Each and every morning I would send my supervisor an email asking her what she was doing to assure the glitches in the app were fixed and it never crashed again. Of course, my action plan stated that since she personally took time out of her busy schedule to contact me, I understood how immensely important this was. So I would be typing up this action plan and sending it to her daily until the program was fixed. For the next month, I would clock in, put my phone on hold so that I couldn't take incoming calls, and spend the next 10 to 15 minutes 
typing the action plan fresh and sending it to her. A second part of my action plan said something along the lines of this. Former supervisor has made it abundantly clear how important communication on this issue is. Therefore, I will send no less than five follow-through emails each day until said issue is resolved. So five times a day, I'd put my phone on hold so I couldn't receive incoming calls and spend five to ten minutes typing the email fresh and sending it to her. She responded multiple times telling me to stop, but I simply responded, per our previous talk, I understand how important this is to the company, and per your previous request to create an action plan, I will continue to do so until the program is fixed. After all, I want to ensure that I'm always using the required programs and never get graded an F in a call again. I kept this up for my last month with the company, during which I turned into Peter Gibbons from Office Space and completely and totally stopped caring about everything. Honestly, I think despite OP going and sending a bunch of emails daily to this person, inquiring about whether or not the program's going to get fixed, they still kind of took the high road on this one. There was definitely like multiple avenues they could have taken that would probably be way more effective. The downside is the customer would probably suffer because it would probably be pretty easy for a customer to be on the phone and say, oh, I'm sorry, it looks like the required program is down. I can't help you any further. Please log a complaint and I'll forward it to so-and-so until we can get this fixed. Sorry, you know, something like that. It would probably get OP in trouble more, but it would be pretty darn effective in telling, right? And our final story of the day is by Idrian. You want to grouse about the fan? Okay. I've been living with someone who has a few control issues. First, let me tell you that I've been eating a relatively high fiber diet and on top of that, I need to take extra iron supplements, both of which make for extra pungent movements. The closest bathroom to my room is right next to a very common area. In this bathroom, there's a timed bathroom vent fan with times of 5, 15, and 30 minute increments. So I had laid a massive egg in the bathroom and I set it for 30 minutes. I was told by said person that 30 minutes was too long and 5 minutes would suffice. I tested this when said person was not home, and this was incorrect, as the aroma still wafted gently into the common area. So I just stopped bothering with the fan at all. You know, I don't think there's going to be too much of a greater incentive to renegotiate what's okay with the bathroom vent timer than having to go a certain amount of time in Eggland. That said though, they do make these products that are called like one drop or just a drop or something like that, where what you do is you put one drop in the toilet and apparently that's all it takes to just completely deodorize it. To be fair, I haven't actually tried it, but apparently I hear it works really well. So if that situation with that roommate or partner or whatever is salvageable, maybe that could help. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.